To grapple man, soon may come To ramble, rant, and flap his gums One day when the grapplers scrum He'll talk about the wrestling world Well, Priest got his boys and they gathered round They gambled picks from a site they found In hopes they'd hit their fists will pound Gamble, gamble, degenerates we're down to just four teams in the NFL season. Two weeks of football action. The season's here. It is coming. It's going. I am Dave. Welcome again with the Grapple. Going to be enjoying my Dino and CJ Billy conspicuous by his absence this week. Um, he had San Francisco last week, but he was over on the other three games. CJ had Cincinnati. I had Jacksonville and Cincinnati and Dino. Cincy. San Francisco as his lock and Jacksonville. An impressive week for you, sir. The regular season doesn't matter. It comes to playoffs, and when it comes to the playoffs, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Always my best time. They call me playoff dino for a reason. Uh, we're not worried about regular season trophies here. We're worried about championships, and we're out to win a championship. Yeah, that's true. This is just is two years, you know, three years in a row now where you've come alive in the playoffs. You are, uh, what is this? I'm going to do your playoff record here. Three. You are you are six, three, and one in the playoffs, sir. That is very impressive. Very impressive. I'm saying, and that's what having to bet, having to bet with Brady and Brady let me down, you know? So if, if Brady was still Brady, I'd be uh, seven, two, and one, so. CJ and Billy, the opposite. They are three, six, and one. I am sitting there at five, four, and one. So, not the best playoffs for us, but Dino is, is doing quite well for himself. But two games this week, we'll run through last week's games. And, um, so, it? real quick, mathematically now, I'm doing not a, not a math guy. This is a math <laughs> podcast. I can't go under 500 for the playoffs, can I? Uh, no, you can go five. Yeah, you can go six, six, and one at the worst. I'll take it. Heck yeah. Um, CJ, one thing that we <laughs> haven't seen yet, which is probably the first time in my memory that we're in the conference championship games, and we have not had a coach hired yet. What are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on that? Yeah. What did I see about Frank Reich and the Panthers today? I saw something on a bulletin. I think he got a second interview, or did they hire him? I don't know if they no, hired him. All the uh, Colts and Panthers are on, on their second rounds. So, Frank Reich is probably going to be the Carolina Panthers coach. Quite possibly. I did see something, or someone was talking. I think it was Florio. They were talking how there's like 13 coordinator positions open. Yeah. And then they went through, and they named all the teams off on who would want these coordinator positions. Guess, guess where Tampa Bay was? Guess on a scale from 1 to 10, what did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rank? Number... 13. 13 is more than 10. I said 1 to 10. Uh, I was, I mean, there's 13 positions open. I'm going to say they're number 10. The only knows who's playing quarterback for them. And no, no, it's like, a like 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Never mind. Never mind. It's over they're here. the fucking worst. It's the worst. No one wants that job. No one wants any of these jobs. What is the most what is what is what is the most sought after job out of all these coaching jobs out there right now? For offensive coordinator? For anything. Uh, the coordinator, it's wherever Aaron Rodgers is gonna end up. Or that, but the the charge who what offensive coordinator doesn't want to work with Justin Herbert? True. I'm Jim I would very. I would like that. Um, so probably the Texans, so they can fire a black man after a year again. Uh, <laughs> and you just keep getting third round draft picks. Yeah, I think it'd be very similar to last year, 
um, with the quarterback situation for the coaches this year. Everyone was waiting to see where what happened with Rodgers and what happened with Russ. Once yeah. those two decided, everything else fell pretty quickly. Once Sean Payton decides where he's going, everyone thinks they have a shot. I don't know why he's interviewing with the Panthers. He's not going to the fucking Panthers. But I think once he decides where he's going, all the other pieces will fall pretty quickly. And Jim Irsay might fuck around and hire Jeff Saturday, and it's funny as fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sean Payton, you kind of feels like a lot of people are keep linking him back to Denver. He just keeps getting linked back to Denver. I think it's just because Denver has the draft capital to give the Saints. Like, <laughs> and it's the only job he would want. Like, does he want to go to Houston? No. Does he want to go to Carolina? Probably not. Arizona, maybe. Maybe. Maybe Arizona, maybe Indianapolis, but I, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like Denver or he waits. Something. I don't know. I think he waits. I don't see him doing any of that shit unless uh, he ends up going back to the Saints, which was talked about a lot. Um, but then the Saints would have to fire Dennis Allen. Who's that? Or just a purple head coach in the record. Doesn't matter. He's a good defensive coordinator. Right, defensive coordinator. But what Dennis Allen's head coaching record is what? Like 11? It's one of the worst all time. 38? Before the season. Like 11? Season and a half. Maybe he had two years with the Raiders. I don't remember. And I think his one year with the Raiders, he won two games. And his other year with the Raiders, he won like three or four games. And then he got fired after like two or three games the next year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You look at it, it's just like all these teams, you know, nobody knows who the hell the court, the quarterbacks are going to be for some of these teams. Nobody knows anything about it, any of this shit. It's just it's wild. It's, it's, it is. It's how it should be in a way, though, because I always felt like in years past, like there'll be six, seven head coaching positions, and five of them are filled before the Super Bowl. And you're like, why the hell? Five of them are filled before the second round of the playoffs. And you're like, why are they not waiting for any of these coaches that are in the Super Bowl? So I almost feel like those guys, like your your D'Amico Ryan, your Eric Bieniemy's, um, who's the guy from Philly, the Shane Sewell or whatever his name is, or yeah, the Seward or whatever the hell his name is. I feel like these guys are all getting serious looks, and that's why no one's pulled the trigger yet. And even, even probably somebody from Cincinnati staff is getting looked at. You'd think. I saw a They're bunch of the Giants. Like, Wink Martindale was getting head coaching interviews and uh, whoever their OC is up there. No, the the I think they're the defensive coordinator. The guy that was just on McAfee. I think he's getting talks. Lou Anarumo or whatever his name is. Yeah. So Makes sense. Yeah, he's been a good D coordinator. So, I mean... Uh, The things that get me me is it's like everybody wants to hire these hot offensive coordinators, right? And then put them into a coaching position. Like, okay, for Ben Johnson, for instance. Okay, he's 36. He barely has any coaching experience in the NFL, you know? Why would you make him a head coach, like, just like that? Like, you think he's going to do – you know what I mean? Like, if you look at, like, Dayball's career, right, or Sean Payton's career – or anybody, or Bill Belichick's career, like they, you know, they all started off like Bill Belichick was a special teams coordinator with the Lions or some shit, and then worked his way up to be in the head coach of the Patriots or the Browns, and then you know, through the Giants organization and everything else with Parcells. It's it's just it's I don't know, it's crazy, but you see more of them fail than you see more of them succeed. Definitely. Yeah, but you're seeing more offensive like. Defensive head coaches don't really work anymore. Jacksonville, Doug Peterson, offensive guy. Kansas City, Andy Reid, offensive guy. Dable, offensive guy. Sirianni, offensive guy. Cincinnati, uh, Zach Taylor, I don't actually fucking know. But I think offensive guy. Offensive guy. Uh, Sean McDermott, defensive guy. They got their fucking doors blown off. Uh, Mike McCarthy, offensive guy, but it's Mike fucking McCarthy. Kyle Shanahan, offensive guy. You got like uh, everyone's looking for Sean McVay. That's what Ben. I said it. I think uh, the last is like Ben Johnson is. They're hoping he. 
the teams that wanted to hire him were would be aiming for him to be the next Sean McVay type thing. Kyle yeah. Kirk, Shanahan, same kind of deal. You're looking at offensive guys. Because, I mean, even like a Mike Tomlin, who's a defensive guy, he's not getting very far in the playoffs. He's going nine and eight every year. And it's impressive that he's never had a losing season. Um, I think Dave's asleep. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, you're, the league is trending offensive. Brian Flores for Mike McDaniel, et cetera. No, you're right. It is. It has been moving in an offensive direction, and that's just that's just the way that the league is going. But wasn't scoring down this year. Wasn't defensive defensive play was up, so it's maybe, maybe we see the swing to the defensive coaches. Um, we shall see how that plays out. But I find it fascinating that not one has been hired. But I think you're right. The Sean Payton domino to fall will be the the, the trigger. Um, but one more time will tell. I just I do. I am a believer though that like coaches shouldn't be getting hired until. Like let this week of the, the this week happen, and then I could see coaches getting hired the the media week, the week before the Super Bowl, yeah. Pro Bowl week, all that jazz. Like, there's not much to talk about that week anyway. So, let coaches start to get hired then. But you should put a freeze on being able to hire coaches up until that point, in my opinion. But, but there, there was there was I don't know if there still is where you couldn't talk to coaches that were in the playoffs. They couldn't interview, right? Yeah. But they're doing that now. So it's like, and I mean, it makes sense because, what is it, your mini camp or your spring camp starts in, what, April? Like, right after the draft? Like, you know, yeah. May, whatever it starts. And then you go into your uh, OTAs and all that shit. So it's like, if you don't have a coach in play before the draft, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, you've got two months after the Super Bowl to the draft. You got to have some sort of sense of who you, who you're going to have, where you're going to go, and what they're going to want to do yeah. to evaluate the team and everything like that. That that was actually an interesting point uh, today. Not that I agree with him all that often, but Jim Costa on ninety seven one was like, they're talking. Uh, Kuiper released his mock draft, and they they he had the Texans taking C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young because it's a better fit. You don't have a head coach. How the fuck do you know what the fit's going to be? Exactly. Yeah. All all the mock drafts to me are for right now. It's like there's guys. It it helps put players into positions. Helps rank players to where you can kind of do your own like research, but you don't know who's. But you know you you know who's good on tape. You know who's who's gonna be a good player and who's not. But once the combine rolls around and, and you get all these guys that are just freak shows shooting up draft boards, it's like, okay, well, that guy was a third-round pick in every mock draft, and now he's a top-ten pick? Like, maybe this guy is not that good. So red flag is how I kind of look at mock drafts is coming out of the football season, where was this dude ranked? And then coming out of, like, being an underwear performer, where is this dude ranked? Yeah. That's Will Levis is going to get drafted off of that. I think Kuiper had him going like fourth or fifth. Yeah, he seems a lot of people just have yeah. him going to Indy. He just seems yeah. like I don't know if it's because he's just big, tall, white guy, and they're like, yeah, that's an Indy quarterback. He is. He is Zach Wilson to me. Like that's what he's going to be. And I just, I, he's at yeah. least had the hype on him all year as being a top ten pick and a great college quarterback. He just didn't have a great college year, in my opinion. Which is a pro- why it, he didn't do the senior bowl. He didn't do his bowl game. Uh, yeah. Anyways, and he's just kind of a raw tailor. They're like, this guy's what? He's like six four, two thirty. He's, he's gonna be great in his pro day. His pro day is gonna be fucking amazing. He can sling it around. I mean, he plays at Kentucky, and I think they're factoring that in. Kentucky doesn't exactly have the best talent, but we'll, well see. He's played in the SEC too, so it's like you know. He might have a step above because it's all NFL talent pretty much in yeah. the SEC. Uh, they got fucking they he couldn't score against Tennessee's defense. And Tennessee has an awful fucking defense. So I forget what game I saw him playing, but he had a, he was trying to make a comeback. 
and it was somewhat impressive, but they didn't win. I can't remember how they were playing. Georgia, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, they, they were hanging around with Georgia for a little bit. They hung up. They they beat Florida, didn't they? But then again, so did a lot of people. For, was, but that's uh, another guy. It's the kid, the Florida quarterback. Kuiper had, like, the Panthers taking Anthony Richardson. Yeah. That's fucking like, big on him. Like, I've seen fucking people getting him to the Lions, and I'm like, this no. guy. No, the but guy I've been seeing the Lions that's been getting linked to the Lions a lot is the UCLA, like Darian Thompson Robinson or whatever his name is. No. In like the fifth or sixth round. Like he's like their last pick or second yep. to last pick, which, okay. If you're going to take a quarterback in this draft, you take a flyer on a guy late and you hope you get a Brock Purdy if, if God. Yeah, or a mid round, third or fourth, you know, fourth yeah. round pick. Yeah, Your like top that. five picks should not be on a quarterback. No, no, not unless it's like the next big thing. Not unless it's like a fucking Peyton Manning or, you know. Kuiper had a DN out of Texas Tech. I don't know much about him. The Tyree Wilson guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's been, he's like a top 10 player everywhere. I keep seeing him go in top 10. So, yeah. I'm sure he's good. I'm sure he'll be good. But, all right. Well, we've talked a little bit of coaching, we talked a little draft. Anything else before we do a quick recap of last week's games and get into this week? All right. So the Jacksonville Jaguars took on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jags were eight and a half point dogs. They get a nice little backdoor cover with that field goal to go down seven. Um, so good, good on the Jags to cover. The Chiefs went at 27-20. Patrick Mahomes. Probably sick of hearing about it because I know I am about his ankle and what's going to happen. But, you know, that is obviously the main talking point coming into today. I mean, on one one leg, basically, he had like a 120 passer rating. Yeah. It was impressive. It was absolutely impressive. He didn't want to come out for the drives that he did come out for, although he couldn't fucking walk. Um. Yeah, I don't think they score. I don't think they score on that 98-yard drive if Mahomes is quarterback. I don't either. Chad Henney, Michigan legend, for the fucking win. Um, it was a one-score game. It was a one-score game, so that that game matters. But I, it, it was what it was. Um, I like they have a Chad Henney play, just that quick, like quick start, five-yard out that they used against the Browns, and then they pulled out pretty quickly here. It's just, I think they just call it the Chad Henney play. But, uh, it was what it was. We'll see how, <laughs> we'll see about Mahomes' ankle. Yes, no doubt about it. The uh, the Giants were seven and a half point dogs. They went into Philly. They got bombarded 38 to 7. Best Phillies looked in probably two months. The game was just never close. And that was dominant. Yeah, there's just it was what again, not a great weekend of football. It just it was what it was. Philly spanked that ass. Uh, Cincinnati handled the the Bills, twenty-seven to ten. Uh, here you go, CJ. You can you can dance. <laughs> That's right. Been saying it all year long. Been saying it for two years. Everybody's on the Buffalo Bills hype train, talking about how great their defense is. This, that, and the other. It's, it's the Josh Allen show, and that's all that it is. And, you know, overrated, you know? That's, and, I mean, you know, Chris Sims was talking about it either yesterday or today, talking about how, and I believe he listens to this podcast. I firmly <laughs> believe that he does because he was like, the Buffalo Bills have the most overrated talent in the NFL for the 20. 20- 22 season i don't know i mean everybody's like oh if they had von miller it would have made a difference you know and i'm like i don't i don't think so because their defense is it's it's a middle of the road defense that everybody hyped up thinking that they're great you know what i mean like when you play the patriots you go back to what two three weeks ago right when they were playing the last game of the regular season they they it's the jets twice year and they played skylar thompson twice yeah, so I mean, you've got you've got your division offensively is not that great, and you last week 
you you lose 34 to 30 or you win 34 to 31 against Miami in the previous I think in the regular season Miami beat him twice that's two of when he was fucking dying coming you know that one game and then uh and then uh uh the week before that their last game of the regular season the only reason they won that game is because they had two kick returns for touchdowns right that's that's it you had two big plays off of that Josh Allen is, you know, trying to do everything, and the pressure's getting to him, and it's just, you know, it's game over, man. You can't do everything. So, I don't know. Everybody can sit there. And the Buffalo Bills apparently have next year for the Super Bowl odds to win it. They're right behind Kansas City or even with Kansas City for the best odds to win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, they'll be a top five. And it's just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, when your quarterback is your leading rusher and your leading passer – you're done for. So, everyone's comparing Josh Allen to Brett Favre because of the turnovers. I heard a different comparison that I wanted to reject outright, but couldn't. They to, another, to another early 2000s team and quarterback. Is this team and is Josh Allen Dante Culpepper? Whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've always looked at him as like Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's like, to me, he's more to me he's more of a Cam Newton type player than a Big Ben player. Wants. Those guys want. Ben has a has a Super Bowl. Uh, Cam has a Super Bowl appearance. I... Dante Culpepper is fascinating. <clears throat> it's one of those things to where it's like, you know, is is Josh Allen ever going to make a Super Bowl? Right. Is he ever going to make a Super Bowl? And this is where the team aspect of everything comes into play, you know, because if you don't have a team around you, you can't get it all on your own in football. You don't play defense, you know. I wanted like my gut was like, oh, that's a ridiculous take until I took a second and was like, you know what? It's not completely inaccurate. Oh, no, my. I don't. I don't hate that at all. I don't mind it. I, I don't necessarily uh, agree a hundred percent, but I, I think it's a very fair comparison. Uh, so, but you know who who needs to get more comparisons to him is, is Joe Burrow, your guy's boy JRB. He's been getting compared a lot to Tom Brady this week, so I think he's doing fine. <laughs> Yeah, Montana, Brady, Peyton. I don't. I just said Peyton and, and Brady's. So we reminds me of. I mean, JRB. I don't think ever got enough credit. Like Cincinnati, I think it was an underrated team the whole year. Like they started off rough, and I thought, well, fuck, maybe they were just like a one one time wonder, you know. Felt that the, way really, but then they but ran then they up turned up. it on, and I mean, I think when they were what two and two at the beginning of the season or something like that, and then if they go and they lose four games, so that means they went. 10 and 2 over the last three months of the season, like, you know, how the fuck, and how do you not talk about him more? It's like everybody is sitting there, you know, like Mahomes is Mahomes and Kansas City, you know, whatever. But everybody's sitting there, you know, just stroking Josh Allen off like he's, you know, great. And I'm not knocking his talent, you know, he's got a cannon for an arm. But the thing with Buffalo is, how many dinks and dunks do you see them do? It's like the big play or it's nothing. You know, yeah. Like if you watch what they're doing, that's, that's why I said last week they he Josh Allen misses Brian Dayball. Yeah. Kevin Ramsey, Miami uh, University quarterback, just not cutting the mustard. Yeah. And with with Burrow, he how many highlights do you really have a Burrow? He's like that's where Josh Allen makes people fucking jizz in their pants. Yeah, he's got a cannon for an arm. Yeah, like against the Ravens, in all three games, he averaged like a nine, an 85 passer rating, like 215 yards. But he gets it done, and that's where the Brady cops come in, to, to early Brady. Yeah, it's like, yeah, here's the thing. People, people don't – it's not flashy to, to take a five-step drop and throw a 10-yard out route on time, guy catches it and he steps out of bounds. 
It's not flashy to take a three-step drop and hit a quick slant over the middle for eight yards. Like, that's quarterbacking. Yeah, yeah. That's... Make, that those don't make highlight tapes. Like, that's the thing when you look at these kids with the draft, too, is every highlight tape has a quarterback scrambling for his life and then making some big throw. And it's like, sure, the kid's a great athlete, but can he can he hit a timing out route? Can he throw the ball outside the hashes get, on time? Get rid of it 2.4 seconds? <laughs> right. Well, can he get like, a snap, make a read and decision, throw a guy open? Can he throw in the double? throw into what appears to be double coverage and have a guy, you know, look wide open. It's like Drew Brees was doing that his whole career when yeah. he was in, you know, his whole career he did that. He didn't get that much love until towards the end of his career. But he had like five 5,000-yard 5, seasons. Who the fuck else has five 5,000-yard 5, seasons? With no, no perennial Hall of Famers, you know, outside of maybe Michael Thomas if he gets his shit back together. But outside of that, I mean, no, you know, like yeah. you're just doing you're just doing slants and, you know, short passes. And then occasionally it'll open up a deep ball and you'll hit somebody, you know. But I mean, that's what you're doing. Maybe here's my, here's my only thing. And it's specific, specifically for the game last weekend. I could have made some of those throws as wide open as some of those guys were. Yeah. We're giving him a lot of credit and he deserves it. But. Holy fuck, that Buffalo secondary was awful. Yeah. Well, I think a couple of those throws, too, when he released the ball, the guy didn't look open. Like, that one touchdown pass to Hurst, like, when they showed the back copy of, of Burrow throwing it, you're like, oh, God, he's throwing it in triple coverage. But then when the ball comes out of his hand and it, it gets to the line of scrimmage in the air on the slow motion, you're like, and fucking that guy's not wide open. There were three guys around him. <laughs> And, yeah. ball, and now there's none. It's like yeah. he just read where everybody was moving the defense and put it in a spot where nobody was going to be. And his guy ran to that spot. Like it was just that touchdown. And then, yep. you know, the safety adjusted and he, you know, that ball comes out half a second later. And that guy's knocking it down or picking it off. But I think he's just that cool, calm, and collected. And he just knows where to go with the ball. He knows where his guys are supposed to be. And he's just slinging it. Like you're supposed, and it makes it look easy. Makes it look he so. Have, he had a few of those where it's like that's just a genius quarterback, and then he had a few where it was like Buffalo sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you look if you watch the Kansas City game, like Kelsey, how the fuck does Travis Kelsey get so wide open? You know what I mean? Like it's like everybody else is just scrambling around the field trying to cover everybody else, and there's nobody within fucking ten yards of Travis Kelsey. He's just yeah. there, you know. Same thing. Just like what the hell, man. Same exact thing. So just like early in the season, I said if I could, I could be a defensive coordinator against the Lions by just saying, "Hey, maybe cover a tight end." Same kind of deal. Like yeah. I, I get hired a, in, as a defensive coordinator for a couple of teams right now, I'll just be like, "Let's cover Travis Kelsey. That might be a good idea." Yeah, and then sometimes you wonder if they can actually cover him. You know what I mean? It's just like. It's like his, he's a big guy. You know, he's not a little dude. It's not like he can just, like, slide through and underneath all the linebackers and everything else. It's crazy. It's crazy to sit there but, and watch it happen. But their bracket coverage, like, their bra- it's a bracket coverage with no man option, and he's still, like, making the – yeah. You know. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Take my best guy, put him on Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And then him with a safety. I I don't. Whoever I don't know who the Jags defensive coordinator is. He should be fired. <laughs> it should have been that fucking easy. I get it, Travis Kelsey. He's the best receiving tight end ever. Should have been that fucking easy. <laughs> but it's like it's like you know. Though they did hold him to under 100 yards. I will say yeah. that. I don't know. It's crazy. And then the guys in your bracket coverage. Yeah. They were able to, you know, he would just leak in, get his seven, eight yard tier, you know, get three yard tier, get seven yard tier, you know, didn't matter. And we have to get the most fun play of the weekend. Which one was that? I've drawn a blank. Oh, it's coming up in the final game of the weekend. Oh. Sam Fran, 
handled Dallas 19 to 12 with the play of the all time. Best play all time. To add in that game. That's the one you talk about? As a former varsity second drink center, I really felt bad for Zeke there. <laughs> he, he did get fucked up. He got <laughs> ran over. <laughs> like he didn't even he stand a the middle of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then whoever, whoever caught the pass, I don't even remember who caught the pass, they got fucking murdered. <laughs> like it was just like, you know, it's like you're getting teed off. Guys. What? I mean. Go ahead, Dale. That's two years in a row that Dallas has been has ended their season in the most hilarious way possible. Only only in Dallas Cowboys fashion could they have done it that way. It's it. I I still I mean like I know I've heard a few people break it down on what they think the play was supposed to be, and I and I kind of get it, like. You expect no one to rush, but that's so it's, it's flawed logic. Yeah. Let's run the hook and ladder. Let's plan to get it to this guy over the middle. He can pitch it back to Zeke. Zeke can get it to one of the guys on the end who's got blockers in front of him. We can move up the field. We have the we have Dak lingering back to keep the ball moving sideline to sideline while we truck it up the field. I get it. If that's really what they're trying to do, <laughs> however. Read a D. The funniest part about it is they called the time. They lined up, called the timeout, and they came back out, lined back up again. Like, make sure everybody knows what they're doing. And it was just bad. And like taking no into consideration that we lined. Had they snapped the ball without lining, without line, had they lined up like that and snapped it, San Fran might not have had a rush on. They might have been like, okay. Like, what are we doing here? And it might have been a delayed rush and gave Dallas a chance to set it up. But because they called a timeout and they came back out doing the same thing, I'm sure it was like, well, I'm just going to rush these guys. <laughs> what are they doing? Like, it's, it's a 5'10 it's a halfback at center. I'm fucking rushing him. <laughs> yeah. As a former varsity third string defensive lineman, I'm fucking rushing him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think the timeout helped San Francisco more than it helped Dallas. It did. You know, but that game had a lot of field goals. Um, Hey, Brett Mar made a couple. Nothing, nothing, nothing real sexy about that game. I mean, Christian McCaffrey had a couple decent plays, but for the most part, he was held at bay. The other running back looked good. Was it Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell had like 50, 60 yards. I mean, San Francisco played San Francisco ball. Kittle made a nice catch or two. Like, it wasn't a really great game as far as, like, big plays, but it was a dogfight. It was two teams battling it out. Yeah. Uh, It was what what you kind of expect out of that game because last year wasn't that high scoring either. No. Um, And and, and Brock Purdy just continues to just – do what he's got to do, and he's just protecting the football. That's and that's it. the difference. I, uh, Brock Purdy protected it. Zach didn't. Yeah. When you've got that defense behind you and you're Brock Purdy, that that's all your job is. Throw the yeah. throw the guys that are open. Make you know you make a play or two, but just don't just don't fuck up. And our yeah. defense is going to keep us in the game. And let's wait for them to make a mistake. Let's wait for them to fuck up. And he's yeah. a couple that could have been picked off, and they just weren't. Similar to San Fran in L.A. last year, Stafford throws that duck and it gets dropped, and it changes everything. Uh, yeah. yeah well, you know, San Fran's been there. What, this would be their – they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs in – so that was, what, three years ago? 2019. 2019 season, 2020 Super Bowl, yeah. and then then they were in the conference championship last year. Conference championship this year. What did they do? And then they had that really bad year, right? In between yeah. Super Bowl and last year, when Jimmy G got hurt, yeah, yeah, and they would have a bad Tampa in the 
that once the, that one season, and then it's been San Francisco. But yeah, I mean, you've got the Chiefs and Niners who've really been staples in the championship games the last few years. Yeah, they're right there. And Cincy, this is their second year in a row. Philly won the Super Bowl five years ago. I know they kind of are an entirely different team since they won the Super Bowl five years ago, but a handful of players still around, a lot of people in that building still around, and you know, they they put it together with a new coach, a new quarterback, and a lot of different weapons. I know the offensive line and defensive line have a lot of guys who were there, and that's your foundation for every football team. And who, uh, yeah, I saw a thing that blew my mind, just a little off topic, that 2016 and 2030 are the same amount of time away, and that fucked me up. I just had to share that. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Makes <Wow>. sense. That <laughs> fuck. That just fucked me up. You witnessed it live on air. <laughs> Why? Well, it's, it's, it's it's seven years either way. It's you know. Yeah. Twenty sixteen doesn't seem that long ago. That's the thing. Twenty thirty seems so far away. Twenty sixteen feels like just a couple years ago. Pretty sure twenty sixteen was Harambe. That feels like a long time ago. Either way, way, like, it it fucked me up. I had to fuck somebody else up with it. All right. Well, you got me. Um, But, yeah. So, you got San Fran and Philly this week. You got KC and the Bengals. Um, That was the game last year, right? It was KC and the Bengals to see who goes since he got the win. And it was the 49ers and Rams. Yep. Okay. I know we just established that, but yeah, this is the fifth straight year Kansas City's been in the conference championship game. Um, it has been dubbed by some as the Arrowhead Invitational. I just like that name. Okay. Pretty awesome. So, so Dino, do you want to go first with the game? Though, before we do anything else, you want to talk about before we go into these two games this week? No, I'm ready. I uh, I actually know my pick for the first one. I, okay. I'm still on the second one, so I will go first. All right. Uh, who do you got between San Francisco and Philly? I'm going San Francisco. I just don't think they've really played a defense like this that can really give them hell. San Francisco is the more overall talented team, I think, uh, by a small edge. I think you can go to any, um, any meeting room, and you've got a future Hall of Famer in there. I mean – Safety, they've got a really good safety. Linebacker, they've got Fred Warner, who's a future Hall of Famer. Defensive end, they've got, you know, Nick Bosa and uh, Armstead. Uh, offensive line room, they've got Trent Williams. Um, wide receiver, you've got Debo and Brandon Ayuk, one of whom I think will probably at least be a contender for the Hall of Fame. Um, we've got McCaffrey in the in halfback room. It's just, they're so fucking loaded. So, uh, give them the edge. Uh, I know it's a rookie quarterback, but when you have that much talent around you, all you got to do is not fuck up. And he's been pretty good at not fucking up. So, give me uh, give me San Francisco by a field goal. I, uh, you see, first week of the season I picked Philly as a Super Bowl dark horse. Here we are. Reality is here. They are one of four teams left playing football. I haven't really picked them a lot because of their spreads. Um, I, I feel like they're going to win this game. I don't necessarily love. I feel like three points is fair. I feel like it's going to be a tight, tight game. And here's why I think Philly's got a chance to win this game. Matchup-wise, on, on George Kittle, CJGJ, he's very good at covering tight ends. CJ, you saw him a lot in in New Orleans, and that was what his role was for years, was to cover up tight ends. He, he owned Gronk. He was your perfect nickelback is what he what he was, and it's not like, you know, photograph nickelback shit. But, uh, but yeah, he was, he's, that's what he is. He was, he was that. Yeah, so I, I think Philly gets done. CJ, GJ will isolate Kittle. I think Darius Slay can handle handle Devo Samuel. I know the Shanahan offense is impressive. The rest of that secondary is very good. Jalen Mills on, on Ayuk. 
Like, I, I like their man matchups with the secondary against the receivers. And that defensive front can move people. I know Trent Williams is about the best. You got the best offensive line, the, a very, very good defensive line. But I find it hard. Dallas did a good job of stuffing up the run. I know San Fran still had, like, 90-some rushing yards on them. But they had ran the ball 30-some times. They were only averaging, like, less. they were averaging less than three and a half yards of carry. Which hey, not bad. You, you three, you know, you three plays, three yards of carry has got you right there at fourth and one every time. So you can't complain about that. But I think Philly's defense can do exactly that. They can, they can match up really, really well. I think this game stays close, and I think, I think Philly's offense will just find a way. Whether it be Hurts and Sanders on the ground, with Gainwell, they got they got so much speed. And A.J. Brown will find a way. He will find a way to get open. I think Philly's going to win this game by by at least three. I'll take them. C.J.? Yeah, I think this game is going to be a slugfest. It's just going to be, you know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of explosive offense in it. Uh, I think that you got two of the better defenses in the league playing. Um, but you know, I haven't picked the San Francisco 49ers all year, so why the fuck would I start picking them now? So we're going Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. And and hot off the presses, I have Billy's pick. There might be more to this pick, so I'll read it very slow. As far as the San Francisco-Philly game goes... I'm not sure off the top of my head that's two heavyweight teams. I think their playmakers are just too much. I think the 49ers playmakers are just too much. CMC, Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel. I'll take the Niners. So he's taking the Niners. He's got a lot of gibberish in there, too, so I'll I'll ignore that. He has his other game mixed in, so it's all one message. I don't want to spoil it until we get to the other game here, which I will pick first. It's Cincy, minus one at KC. This line opened the other way. It was KC, minus one and a half. Cincy was a, was the road dog. Now they're the road favorite. I assume that just has to do with Holmes' injury, moving the line around. Um, this got up to Cincy, minus two and a half. Yeah, and I was that's when I jumped on Cincy. I was on Cincy early here. I don't necessarily love them. As the favorite, a road favorite, home puck Chiefs. Like, it feels like the Chiefs' year to get back in there. Um, it, it's just hard to bet against Cincy two weeks in a row. With it. Like, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I think they find a way to get it done and win as home pups. Early in the week, I was on Cincy as it's gone on. I'll take the home dog, Chiefs. Billy, for this game, says, I have one rule. No betting against JRB in the playoffs starting next year. I hope I'm wrong, but I'll be cheering for Cincy, but I think KC wins. I would love to see Cincy San Fran. Next would be Philly KC for, for the Kelsey matchup. Who knows? Both games are awesomely hopeful, but it's going to be KC and the Niners. CJ, let's say you. This is a tough game to pick. <clears throat> like, it's a really tough game to pick. It's like the past three times that Kansas City has played Cincinnati, they are 0-3. <sighs> and we just talked about how Cincinnati is like, you know, an underrated team. Like, they don't get enough credit on defense. It's like you look at their defense and you're like, ah, it's an average defense, right? It's not a great defense. But they're, you know, they're a pretty good defense. And then, you know, you've got JRB, who's one of the top two quarterbacks in the league. And it's just, it's hard, man. And then it's hard to pick against KC. I'm a KC fan from way back, you know. Mm. Uh, Give me Kansas City. They feel like we're all in kind of the same boat with uh, the grunt before we pick Dino. Anybody ever sprain their ankle? 
Oh, yeah. I Stop. broke my ankle. <laughs> broke my ankle jumping off the roof. <laughs> and then I got up and walked around on that motherfucker. I just don't believe... Th- I think he was walking through gritted teeth today. There's no way Mahomes is 100%. And there's some teams that just have somebody else's number. You see it a lot in the NFC West. Cal Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. Sean McVay had Cliff Kingsbury's number. Um, Pete Carroll had uh, uh, Cal Shanahan's number. Whatever it was. It was around Robin. There's just something who has your number. If Mahomes was 100%, maybe I'd go the other way. But I also think this is a game where they miss Tyreek Hill. They don't really have a bona fide receiver other than Travis Kelsey. And what did Dawson Knox do last week? Not a shit ton. I I think and he says he can cover Travis Kelsey. They know what they're getting into. I'll be on the JRB Island. I will make that sacrifice. Give me JRB, the Cincinnati Bengals, to go into Arrowhead and win again. All right. I will... Uh... I mean, do we want to just do one lock again? Which one do you like more? I I, I don't like either of them, to be honest with you. But I'll lean Philly for mine. I lean San Francisco. I'm I, I'm not confident in the AFC, but I'm <laughs> sure, pretty sure Frisco's going to win. Give me them. CJ, you got one? Give me Kansas City. Fuck it. All right. Um, points, I assume. CJ, 52. Billy, I'm going to just put 44 down. Dino, what are you thinking here? 28-24 for a total of 52. Oh, CJ has. Oh, shit. Then give me 53. Oh, all, all right. right. I was recalculating, but okay. I was like, thinking in my head, I'm like, 51 seems like a 27-24. And I think and I think about it, and I go, no, no. What it was last year was 27-24 in overtime. Yeah, it feels like that's the score, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with some weirdness here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go 49. Oh. oh, the old the old 49 as opposed to the old 69. I know what the 49 is. Don't worry, we won't share. Um, okay. I, I did not know that 49 was a thing. It can be. Fucking rookie. Look, horse it can cock. be. Horse cock watching, Chip. Horse cock watching. That's all you need to know. All right. All right. I don't agree with that, so I'm out on the 49. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 49 and, um... Yeah, I think this game's just gonna have a weird score, like twenty six twenty three or or twenty five twenty four, just something real ugly. You're calling it for Sporgami. It doesn't make any sense. How twenty eight twenty one would be a nice clean score. There you go. But could be twenty seven twenty one with a the walk off in overtime pick six. Scoop and score, JRB. That's it. You got anything you guys want to wrap up with here? All good. Looking forward to two good, really, I think these are going to be really good games. They have to be because last weekend was not good. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. You know, should be good. Hopefully by halftime, we're not, uh, we're not trying to find something else to watch. Yeah. Royal Rumble this weekend, Saturday night. Yes. We got a bet. Very, very exciting. Hopefully y'all haven't started the bet. Yeah, Brody's in on the Royal Rumble talk. Who do you think is going to win? It's your Mac 
McIntyre doing? Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble? Yeah. He's got a good chance. Yeah, okay. if he gets in, if he gets in, I still get the 500 points. Is uh, okay. is Goldberg in it? Uh, they've only announced like 10 guys, so he could be in it. Do you going for Goldberg? Bill? You're such a bitch. I, uh, I feel like Cody is the obvious guy to win it, so I don't think he wins it. I wouldn't be shocked if it was uh, those old Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is okay. Sheamus. Sheamus is going to win it. I swear if Sheamus wins, I'm going to scream. I hate Sheamus. Well, him and McIntyre are friends now. They're a tag team. Yeah, but... Yeah, but... It's be Pat McAfee. So is Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. Pat McAfee should be a good... good Surprise entrant. I feel like that's what he's uh, be there. He will probably spoil it himself. On Friday, he'll be like, Yeah, gotta catch a flight to San Antonio. Going to see the Alamo. Sammy Sheamus should be using an axe against um, Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee still win, and he's just using his pinky. Because okay. he can shove him out of the ring with his pinky. Because Seamus is so light and so Terrible. weak. And he probably cut his own leg off with the axe. Wow. That's that's something. All right. Yeah. You got your Royal Rumble pick? Send him on over. Be happy to try to find out uh, who, who we think is going to win. But that's Saturday night. Nice little prelude to the NFL Championship Sunday with the Niners and the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Bengals. And we'll find out who's in the Super Bowl when we talk next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.